Hi everyone and welcome to Autism Office Hours. This is Debbie Montana and I'm excited and honored to be here as your facilitator of today's webcast. This webcast is entitled Technology and Autism Spectrum Disorder, How Families Are Staying Connected Through Technology. Staying connected can be challenging for families who have children with autism. During this COVID time, it makes connection even more challenging and families can feel isolated. What are the creative ways that people are staying connected? So today you are in for a real treat. I have an amazing group of professionals that are joining me today and they include my Autism Office Hours cohort and senior program therapist, Jamie Swalby, education consultant, Kayla Tutin, Level 2 Technical Analyst for the Center for Development and Disability, Michael Riblett, and a previous graduate of Partners in Policymaking, a family leader and advocate from Elevate the Spectrum, Christina Martinez. Let us begin by having each of you kindly take a moment to introduce yourselves. Well, hello, I'm Jamie Swalby, and I'm a Senior Program Therapist. I have worked with the autism programs for a long time. I'm a special ed teacher. Um, I've worked in different preschool programs around the state. Um, and I'm super glad to be here. I also work with the autism office hours and parent home training and just happy to be here. Thank you. Um, I'm Kayla Tuton, and I'm an educational consultant with UNMCED. Um, I was a special education teacher prior to taking this job, and now I support teachers in the classrooms all around the state of New Mexico. My name is Michael Riblett. Um, I'm the technical analyst uh, here at the CDD. Um, I've been here for about a year, but I've been working at UNM for about 10 years, uh, both in positions at the School of Medicine and the College of Nursing. Um, you know, various, I, I got my degree in uh, delivering online instruction through the OILS program with UNM. And so um, I also, you know, quite a bit of education kind of runs through my blood. My mom and both, both my mom and my wife um, are both teachers. So um, I'm, I'm just excited to be here to talk to you guys um, about connecting. Hi, I'm Christina Martinez. Uh, first and foremost, a mom of six and number three is on the autism spectrum. Um, I'm also president of Elevate the Spectrum and we're a nonprofit that serves the autism community throughout the state of New Mexico. And I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for being here with me today. Again, I'm Debbie Montana and I'm a family specialist with the Autism Programs Family and Provider Resource Team. My five-year-old goddaughter has autism, and I know from speaking with her parents and also speaking with many families statewide, it has been challenging to remain connected during our current climate. Obviously, it can be a little bit more challenging with, individu with individuals that are on the spectrum. So what I did is I reached out on Facebook through our Center for Development and Disability Facebook page um, to different uh, communities um, other than just the metro area. And we got a few responses with regard to what we will be talking about today. One mom wrote in uh, that how they stay connected is through Facebook Messenger calls to grandma and godfather. They also send daily photos, texts, 
and videos of birthday celebrations, backyard camping, and COVID life at home. She said no matter how small, they send them frequently. And I think that's really um, important. Um, we're all identifying that the small things are really big, especially in these times. Um, the isolation and mental health have been a concern for the family. There have been some positive blessings as they navigate through those issues. Um, they've been actively doing more creative cooking and trying new recipes, They're exercising, and doing yard work as a family. Um, does anybody want to chime in and share their thoughts on this parent's input? Yeah, sure. Um, I do agree with that parent. It's really important to stay connected with family. Um, my parents have a difficult time with technology, so we use an app called Google Duo. Um, it seems to be easier for them to FaceTime us, send um, live videos recorded, um, especially because both of my parents don't have a Facebook account and they don't use iPhones. So um, it's really helpful to be using uh, technology that is more user-friendly for some of our um, parents who don't want to take the time to learn it or for kiddos who are looking to use something more accessible to communicate with families. That's wonderful feedback. Um, we do need to be more mindful of that everybody doesn't have an iPhone or um, the technology that um, some of us do have. So thank you for mentioning that, Kayla. Yeah, not a problem. Anybody else? Okay, well then we'll go on to the next um, comment that was made by a parent. She said, for me, making connections to other families online is really working well. Using online support groups is also helpful. We are getting ancillary services through Google Meets and Zoom. Internet connection can be an issue though. We FaceTime chat with family that are far away. So, Michael, do you have any uh, words of wisdom with regard to internet connection, um, how it can be an issue for any one of us? Yeah, no, I think that, you know, there's, there's quite a bit, you know, at this point, I think that it's become fairly apparent that uh, having an internet connection in, you know, these COVID times is pretty necessary. Um, staying connected is just, you got to do it regardless of what internet connection you have, um, you know. Um, even before this, internet connectivity was an issue. I have a friend who lives out in Santa Rosa, New Mexico, about four miles off of 540. He owns a big ranch out there, you know, and he could never get internet. So he was always asking me for video files and, you know, just trying to get whatever media he could get, you know. And um, they finally, they, they provided some rural broadband to some of these people. And, you know, but he had to run his own line. So he had to get the resources to trench all the way four miles up, up to his house, you know, so he spent a whole month doing that. And then after that, um, he ended up, uh, he, he's on BLM land, you know, um, so that's state land. And right. they ended up finding him, finding him $100,000 because he, he'd gone like about 100 feet off the easement. So mm -hmm. he had to wait a whole another six months to get internet because, you know, they had to go through the state and hire a bunch of lawyers. So, you know, even for people with the resources, you know, you, it, it could be years before you get internet. And so, you know, that's something that we're really finding is that, you know, it, it's necessary for us to connect these people regardless of where they're at. Um, I Absolutely. think there's a lot, of, a lot of hope for the future. 
um, in terms of, you know, what they're developing. You know, I know Elon Musk is working towards a space lane system. Um, I think that there's a lot that we can do on the ground. Um, but even in the city of Albuquerque, um, I think that, you know, there, there's, a, you know, there's a, a, you know, a little bit of a lack of, you know, kind of what, what needs to happen for broadband. Um, you know, one thing I tell pretty much all of our users um, is that you're going to have a much better time using Comcast over, uh, over CenturyLink. You know, by and far, we find that the connectivity is just a lot better. But for some people, CenturyLink is all that they have, you know. Uh, one thing that I am aware of is, you know, uh, Comcast does have uh, a, a reduced price option for low-income families. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll send that link over to you. Um, but it's about $9.99 a month um, for, for a Comcast connection. It's not the quickest, but it'll at least get families connected, you know. Um, Another thing that I do suggest is most of these people are, you know, they're paying for um, a router, you know, uh, or they're renting it from their, their company. And if, if, if you've had that router, that Wi-Fi box for at least five years, that, that equipment is just, it's too old. A lot, of your, a lot of your newer phones and devices are gonna work a lot better on a newer piece of hardware. So after about five years, you should be looking to get newer devices. And, you know, it's, it's an important investment and a lot of people can't make it, but, you know, if you can start out with the Wi-Fi box and start, start from there, you'll be good. And, you know, I'm hoping that the government and, you know, uh, local institutions can make a little bit more investment in broadband. You know, I think that's something we need to look forward to. Thank you so much. That's so informative. Um, I think any one of us should uh, look into that, um, into those wonderful ideas that you just shared. Um, does anybody else have any feedback? I think, Debbie, I, I could chime in. I'm sorry. Um, I could chime in real quick. But in my, in my house, we have two adults working from home because of COVID. And then we also have a college student at home doing classes online. And, and we do live outside the city. And um, Michael's speaking to my experience that uh, the internet is really rough. And so we've, we've had to prioritize what task is needed right now, what has priority over the other, and can the others kind of back off for a little bit? Because if, if my son has to get homework in, that has priority over some of the other things, or how can we manage um, doing that? So it, it has been kind of tricky, but prioritizing for us, we, ha we haven't really found a snag where we couldn't prioritize, where two things had to be, but that has sort of worked for us a little bit. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jamie, for that feedback. I was going to say, we have a similar experience with six children in the spring going virtual for school. It was, it was quite a bit to handle. And um, <clears throat> we have generally good service, and we live in Rio Rancho, but it it was difficult running between rooms and trying to plug people into the Ethernet instead. And you know, your your service can only take so much, so it's challenging. Um, I would encourage um, families to, especially like talking about the e-learning, which I completely understand because if you're trying to receive educational services and your internet gives out, that's going to cause a huge delay in the lesson. Um, so I would encourage families to reach out to their districts because each district, especially our rural districts, have gotten really creative 
on providing internet services or access to some of our families to make sure students are getting access to their educational needs. So um, really reach out to your district and find out what they're using and what is available to you, especially if you're in a rural area before going and trying to purchase something. But that is there as well. Thank you, Kayla. That's amazing. Y'all are just giving some great advice for our listeners. Thank you so much. Um, one of our other parents wrote in and stated that uh, her child is receiving uh, services, autism-based services, through online Zoom chats, um, and as well as they are offering um, Zoom supports for the parents, for moms to connect. So those are two different issues, but um, I think that more agencies are, are offering that. Do you guys have any experience with either either the child receiving the services through Zoom? Is it working? Um, and then the ABA agency offering the online Zoom chats for moms? Yes, um, I've noticed a lot of providers are, are um, offering support groups, virtual support groups uh, for parents and families. And then um, several nonprofits elevate the spectrum offers a mom's group, a dad's group, and an adults on the spectrum group. And then we're working toward um, creating a game night um, where it would be a live game where uh, multiple people could sign up and, and play together, connect a little bit that way. And then um, personally experienced um, a provider offering ABA, um, but my son is very averse to uh, using a computer to receive services so we would set up a camera and I put a, a bluetooth in my ear and um, she coached me through sessions and programs and it was um, it was really nice I learned a lot I mean for a, a less than ideal situation I learned so much about his program and um, how to provide uh, if another situation like like this arises and yeah it made it a lot easier to work with him through this. It's amazing. You parents are just amazing. You wear so many different hats during this time. Um, so another parent chimed in stating that her child um, does extended school year via Google Classroom. Now I don't work with the schools, so I don't know what Google Classroom is. Does anybody have any uh, information on that? Yeah, I have some information. Um, so um, I used to work at a school that was identified as a Google school. So we had to furnish so much uh, proof that we were using so much technology in our classroom to keep our grant. Um, and with COVID that's happened recently, because Google is a free and easily accessible platform for novice tech people, um, it's been recommended for educators to use because it's free and it's, it's quite easy to use. Very, very basic stuff. Um, so we see it a lot in the districts um, and it's just depending on age, depending if the student is receiving IEP services, sometimes Google is not the most appropriate. Um, there are other applications like Flipgrid, um, like Padlet, but again, that's based on what the district has decided, um, but there are other things out there as well, but Google is a great option. Awesome. Thank you. Um, we had someone from Otero County connect with us um, regarding this 
webcast. It was pretty cool. Um, actually, it's a it's an advocate group. It's called Otero County Advocates for the Developmentally Disabled. Um, they connected. Um, they are connecting with other members weekly via Zoom to get together while practicing social distancing. They talk about anything and everything, and they're there basically just to support each other and check in on in each check in on each other. Um, have you any, have you guys checked out any of these um, advocate type groups that are meeting like this? I have um, just hours mainly elevate the spectrum, but it's, it's been a lifesaver personally. It's uh, to connect with other moms, especially, and know you're not alone and um, to share resources. That's been a, a big one because it's, it's a lot to sift through and um, it's very overwhelming when you don't have a lot of time or, or patience for it. That's that's me. <laughs> so it's it's been um, it's been great. Even though it's not in person, it's Zoom. It's had some benefits. I mean, you don't have to find a sitter. Um, the time is is more flexible, and um, you know you, you kind of get a bigger crowd, which is exciting. Meet more people. So that's amazing. Anybody else? But one of the things that um, I know parents really have kind of benefited from is when they take their child to a therapy service and you're in the waiting room, that is an opportunity to connect with other families and, and to be there. And, and those similar experiences um, connecting, like we were just talking about, is so important. And often when you live with autism, you just feel really kind of isolated and that no one is experiencing what you're experiencing. And so being that we're in COVID, we've sort of eliminated that because no one is really going to in-person therapy and sitting in waiting rooms with others and, and whatnot. So the creativity that is out there and, and working in parent home training, I've had parents say the same thing. It's just nice to connect and, and I can do it on my own time when, when my child is is doing something um, and I know that they're safe and happy, I can have that time to connect or someone else can be there and we don't have to travel and, and all of that. So I've, I've had parents share that as well, but it is really nice that the ability to connect because you do feel isolated and now you're with, you're with your kiddo all the time. And, and like you were saying, Debbie, parents are wearing so many hats so many hats. So to be able to connect and maybe share ideas and things is a really nice thing. I know for anything, it's always nice to talk to someone who can relate to what you're going through. So these are amazing opportunities for you parents to tap into if you haven't, if you haven't already. Um, I think our last comment that was made was is basically along the same lines of what we've been talking about. Um, Mom says we've been having weekly online meetings. We have tried different ones such as Zoom, Google Meet, and other avenues to see which one works best for us. We also message and we email friends and family in other countries to check on them. Um, do any of you have families or friends from other countries that you've been trying to connect with or seen any issues or problems with that? Um, yeah, so my brother is actually overseas um, in the military, 
So again, going back to the Google Duo, he does have an iPhone, but for some reason, FaceTime isn't as, um, I guess, effective for the connectivity for him being overseas. So Google Duo seems to do a little bit better. Um, and then the rest of my family doesn't live in the state of New Mexico. So again, like my grandmother, she's 80 years old. She uses Google Duo as well. So that's how we've been keeping in contact. That's great. I'm going to check that out for myself. Anybody else have any feedback? I just, I just know some families that have just been really creative, whether it's, whether it's somebody really far away overseas or whether it's somebody that might live down the street, but you can't visit right now, but they've been really creative on our kids like schedules and routines. So like every evening I've seen kids where grandma over FaceTime will read a book with the kiddos and they do something like that. If your kiddo, um, is interested in connecting that way through technology and some some kiddos on the spectrum are not or some individuals but being creative about things that you can do and and keeping schedules because in this time where it feels like time is fluid you don't know what day it is and everything is just running together but if you can kind of create those schedules where oh my gosh before bath time every night grandma's going to read us a story and and something but Families that I've worked with have been really creative about finding ways to keep people connected. Or every Friday we do a pizza with family members, even if they're super far away, but we do something. Having that connection that is sort of regular has been good. That's awesome. Well, that was our last feedback with regard to this webcast. I would like to take this opportunity to thank our brilliant panel for joining me today at Autism Office Hours. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today as we shared several creative ways to stay connected during this climate. We invite you to check out our other webcasts on the Autism Programs Portal. From your browser, search Center for Development and Disability and select Programs. Then scroll down and you will see the Autism Portal. If you are seeking autism-based resources, please contact the Autism Family and Provider Resource Team at 505-272-1852. Although we are working remotely, we are still here for you. This is Debbie Montana with Autism Office Hours, sending you wishes for good health and happiness. <laughs>